Okay, team, uh, let's do this real quick. Zoomers, I'll share the screen here in just a sec. But first off, let's get, oh, let me just start sharing the screen right now. We'll do that. Then you can see what we see on the TV. We see Ephesians. Oh, wait, did I hit the wrong thing here? I don't want to end the meeting. No, 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 no. Cancel. I want to share the screen. There we go. So now you're seeing Ephesians and us. And then now everybody say hi. hi. <laughs> yeah. They can say hi to Seamus and Luke and Javante and Zach. Everybody say hi. They can see you now because you're coming out of this. Whee. Yes? I think that. Is it widescreen enough or we're still a little cut off over here? But we're getting there. So, All right. I won't have us stare at that all the time. But everybody, one more time. Hello. Part of the class. You guys feel free to just, as though you were sitting here, chime in with a thought or two. Or just sit back and enjoy the ride. Okay? Sound good? All right, as we jump into today's lesson, every semester I block out a block period at the end of this part one, this kind of intro to worldview. Oh, I forgot to switch back that. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Sorry, let me switch back the video. Although you probably don't want to stare at me. You don't want to stare at me. Sorry, guys. But every time I do this, I switch. I don't switch. I set up our transition with this lesson, all right? If it takes us 20 minutes, we'll just move on. It actually took the entire class last class, <laughs> six period. And I'll give you the heads up. Like for some of you, you're gonna be like, oh my goodness, 90 minutes on Ephesians. What are we doing? And you know what, bless you. Okay, fine, <laughs> this wasn't your day, right? There's a handful in the room who really need to talk this out. And so it's for you. And everybody else, thanks for being patient and kind and loving, right, in our, in our environment. I want to challenge you to engage in, because if you don't have the questions today, someone will probably come to you with them. <laughs> Is that fair? Um, and also, some of you really need to hear today's lesson because of what's underneath it, what's coming later. So we're trying to set up a few things. I also want to just share as a devotional thought there is no shame or guilt. Please, 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 please. That's not what I'm doing right now. It's just because it was due today. I'm going to use the lesson for today. You got to read the Bible. <laughs> this is a Bible class, okay? And so if you didn't get your homework done, then go home and read Ephesians tonight or tomorrow or whenever. But don't graduate Wheaton Academy having not read Ephesians. Does that make sense? Like, you need to read it. I also want to challenge you, though, for some of you reading it in the context of Allegory of the Cave, and trust list and love and all that you're like oh whoa i'm seeing this a little differently or maybe just simply reading ephesians not armor of god <laughs> right or infinitely more than we can ask or imagine which is fantastic we throw those verses around they're great but remember they're inside this letter that he wrote to this church yes so I think that's another thing is for some of you, you've done the Christian school thing or the church thing or the devotions thing. And now this is a little different. Inside philosophy class, senior, junior year, and as an ancient primary text. And that, that can be more profound than you might think. I just think for some of you, you got to read the thing, like read it. Um, I had a, when I was a junior at Wheaton Academy, 
I was kind of getting a little tired of my devos. I'm like, okay, I'm doing my devos, and I'm trying to read the Bible. I'm like, uh, you know, chopping it up and 10 verses a day or whatever, right? And this great pastor um, kind of changed my whole life on this, my connection with Scripture. He said, Dominguez, Dominguez, take the Bible and just go stick it on a shelf with all the other books. I'm like, okay. So I did. And then he's like, don't look at it for a little while. So I didn't. And then he's like, a couple days, go back, pull it off the shelf, and just read it like a book. Changed my life. First off, I had never read the whole thing. <laughs> so I read it. That was a big deal. But second, I just read the Bible. Like I read the books of the Bible. And it really helped me gain some more perspective versus chopping it up in sermons or devotions or all those other types of things. Those things are good and helpful, but like this is very different. All right. Flip that. Some of you could care less about the Bible. Some of you, especially in a philosophy class, are frustrated with the Bible, or kind of sick of the Bible, or sick of Christianity, or don't believe Christianity, or don't want to believe Christianity. And ready? You need to read the Bible. Because if you're going to reject it, you need to know what you're rejecting. Because you might be rejecting a crappy version that someone gave you of the Bible versus actually rejecting what? What it says. And I'm saying that very sincerely. We had a, a very unique moment at this school. It was down in my other room, and Hemant Mehta, that's fine to say his name, he was here. It was great. He's a, called the Friendly Atheist, right? Wonderful guy. He, lived in, he used to live in Aurora, global name in atheism, has YouTube channels and all this stuff, right? He came to our school and hung out with us for a day, two days, actually. It was great. And the students were like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. And they were throwing all these Bible verses at him. And he's like, you guys, like, I've read the Bible twice. <laughs> and then there was a really awkward pause. Now, he didn't say it. He could have. He was very, he's friendly. So he didn't say it. I sure wanted to say it. And I wanted to say, and how many times have you guys read it, Wheaton Academy students? Like, does that make you like it, right? Like, if you're going to be a Christian, you got to at least read the book, right? Yeah, at some point, at some day, right? So no guilt, no shame, definitely accountability, definitely responsibility, right? Like if you're going to reject it, then read it. If you're going to believe it, well, then please read it. <laughs> Fair enough? Um, that's why we're going to read some Nietzsche later. Some of you have never read primary atheist text. Yeah, so we're going to read some. You can at least get a taste of it, right? Gonna read some Buddhism. Actually, it's a really fun day. <laughs> so, got some cool stuff to say. All right. Questions on that? Thoughts or comments? All right. Well, that's that's kind of my intro and also my little devotional thoughts. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna dive in. All right. Uh, Jesus, thanks. Thanks for a chance to be here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this class, for this class, and for the Zoomers who can be part of it and just sitting in the room at the end of a long block day. Bless our efforts here to learn and to grow. Pray that you would guide our discussion and that it would go to the places that you want it to go or that we need it to go today. Pray you'd help me teach clearly and with dignity and respect. Uh, thanks for your grace on this journey. Pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, this is what I would call open discussion. I have one or two things that I want to do as your teacher, and we can kind of go there whenever 
you want, but I'd actually love it if you would grab your book, right? And what do you guys find? Now, if you have your Bible, because you read it in your Bible, then pull out that. Um, but it's nice to see that some of us enjoy just reading it in here as the kind of the primary text and, and digging through it. Now, I have lots of things that I can do with Ephesians, but really, where do you guys want to go? What questions do you have? What connections have you made? What thoughts do you have now reading it in this class as juniors or seniors on this journey? Anybody? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, especially now, right, that concept of slavery is a huge deal. Right? And then you'll even read more later with ransom or purchased or bought with a price. And you're like, well, you ain't buying me. Like, uh-uh. Right? Like, what's going on here? And slave, you know, implies... I don't have my freedom, which someone over here asked, well, do we have freedom or not? Yeah? Fair enough? Yes. So part of me wonders, you're bringing that up. I'm glad you did. I brought it up, and it's actually in here. Like, he had the chance with chapter 5, slaves obey your masters. And you're like, and, but don't have slavery. Like, couldn't you just said, and please don't have any more slavery, right? What's going on? So part of me wonders, like, where do you want to go with that? Or he's just kind of bringing it up. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of like, what does that entail? What does that mean? Yeah. Anybody have a thought or two? Because I can go a few places, but yeah, what do you got? Theologians would go is they would say, wait, we're all slaves. You're either slave to yourself, you're slave to money, you're slave to your family, you're slave to your past, you're slave to something. So maybe you should use your freedom to choose to be a slave to God, <laughs> which is probably what's implied here. But yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering, like, how are you going to read? Because like into the reading into like the slave for Christ, prisoner for Christ, like that kind of language. Like I know in Matthew, like within like. Four or five chapters, Jesus first says, my yoke is light, then he says, take up your cross and follow me. So it's like contrasting. So I was just wondering how like you read them together as both being. Yeah. This is so great because it's already bubbling up, right? Are we slaves to Christ? Well, yeah. Does Jesus call us friends? So are, do, you have, do you enslave your friends? Actually, if you go there, John 15, I no longer call you slaves. Now I call you friends. Right here. What I was hoping he would say is, you never really were slaves. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, he says, actually, we're not going to use that term anymore. We're buddies. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you were throwing all this around. What's bubbling at the top is paradox. That's not, I'm writing it off as paradox. It just is a paradox. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
It makes you wonder. <laughs> what were we then? It's all been met, and you, uh, my chains are gone. My chains <laughs> are gone. I've been set free, right? <laughs> like, what was to say? Yes, <laughs> right? Like, are we slaves or are we free? And what's the answer? Both. Like, yes. I think that's the key. If that makes any sense. This came up last class. Is it predestination or free will? Yes. <laughs> are you slaves or are you free? Yes, right? That, that, it's not necessarily helpful on one hand, but hopefully that it helps. Because if all we are are slaves, eh, right? But there has to be something over here where fearing God, <laughs> and I'm not God, and if I'm just buddies with God, does that really work? I mean, God's what? God, right? And so, on one hand, maybe we're grateful to at least just be God's slaves, which loaded term, I get it. On the other hand, good thing he's really good and loving and kind and doesn't really treat us like that, treats us like children. So which are we, children, friends, bride, or slave? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, I think that, I don't know if that helps you. It helps me to know that it's a bolt. Let's compare and contrast, and then we'll go here. Ready? In Islam, what do you call Allah? Friend or master? master. When? Always. Because in Islam, you are what? You're a slave. Right. And that's not, they don't see that as a bad thing. It's, thank you. <laughs> I'm, yes, master. Like, you are the master, and I am not. That, that's just really different than, like, John is like snuggling with Jesus at the Last Supper. He's like, what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that, right? I mean, yeah, but yeah, you do. Right? Yes? So we're going to go with the both and versus the either or. And that's where we're going to land with paradox later. Does that really make sense? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah okay, I'm glad, because yeah. does it really make sense? Like, no, but does it make sense? Yes, but no, yeah. like, yes, and then we're there. I think we're there if we're stuck in that. Ready? I'm going to use the big M word. <gasps> Mystery. This is mystery. I'm going to encourage you to embrace mystery, not to try to figure it all out. Does that make sense? But that means that we can't figure it all out, which kind of stinks. <laughs> or, or does that stink? Yeah, maybe it stinks, but it also means we're not God. Yeah? Thank you for your patience. Thought. Yes. So modern slavery, where we steal people and sell them to others as property, yes, existed, but, but it was different. And most of the, if you do the deep dive into the term slavery, which I've done a little bit of, not a ton, but enough to be able to say it live on Zoom and everything, like to say, like, yes, that term slave was a loaded term for us in 2020 
where for them, I don't think they're thinking what we're thinking in the South. Does that make sense? Like it just, it is, gotta be careful here, it is different. It's still the word, but there, there was some different types of indentured servitude as well. Some people would even say that we shouldn't use that terminology here because it's not fair to this, what we've experienced in regards to slavery, because for them it was more like a job, right? Which is different. It would be more, the, the term might be used servant, like in a household versus slave. That, so I'm not writing it off, but that just shows that this is way more complex than just one word. Fair enough? And we also need to talk about why he didn't just say, don't have slavery at all. Like, we got to talk about that. We haven't gotten there yet. But let's go one, two. Yeah, what do you got? Servant. So it's just like, how would we be even having this conversation if we just got a different translation? No, I mean, yes and no. Yes okay. and no, because still, servant versus friend is still really different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think yes, but no. There's going to be paradoxes that we're not going to solve even with translations. Okay. Right, like predestination and free will. Are we predestined? How much? Is God in control? Yeah? So does he control you? <laughs> well, if he controlled you, then you're really who? God. If God's controlling you, then you're just an extension of God. You're a puppet. So is he really controlling you? No, we have to have free will. We have to be free from God to not be God. Does everybody make sense? But are we completely free from God? If we were completely free from God and we could control God, then we would be who? <laughs> we would be God. So is he is God in control and are we free to make real choices? The answer is what? Yeah, no translation's gonna get rid of that. Does that make sense? Like that's just crazy mystery. And we need them both to be true. But that's two months from now. You guys, I love seventh period, but like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> right? Did you have another comment? Yeah, I know. It can be. It can also be more confusing, <laughs> but it can be more helpful. I think the most important thing is for us in 2020 on the other side of the ocean is to know that it's a what? It's a translation. <laughs> like, let's go. Trust list, right? We're all doing the best we can to figure this out, but it's a translation of a cultural context text. Now, God is God, right? But our this is another level of the trust listing. We're trusting our translations. I hope they did a good job. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big deal, right? At least we get to read it in English. Thank you, printing press, <laughs> right? Before, we had to just trust the priest's interpretation of what they were reading, which can be great and also really abusive, right? So, yeah. You had a thought? Or is that an opinion? Like, 
Well, here's one way to frame it. Let's, let's not use the word slave right now. Let's add it later, but right now. Which would you rather have? A boss that treats you like a friend, but is a really good boss and really generous and really kind and really helps you do well in your job, <laughs> job right? right? Or a boss that just sees you as a worker and you're over there and you're gonna get the job done and you need to get it done or I'm gonna fire you. Yeah, so, but ready? Either way, they're still the what? They're still your boss. That's, I think, what we have to keep in mind is I'm not the boss, right? I'm a worker. I'm, I'm a servant. I'm hired. I'm below. That, ready? Let's get this back to philosophy class. That's a worldview, right? Because in Buddhism, you're not a servant of the one. You're trying to become the one. And in monism, who's the boss? We all are. Does that make, does, see the difference there? In theism, there's a boss. There's a, a master. There's a god. And we're not god. We're below god. Does everybody catch the language here? I'm a servant. I'm a, I'm a friend. But I'm not god. Like, I'm, just, I'm not god. That's philosophy class. And that's all over Ephesians. Yes? Now, the relationship with that god... What words have we been throwing around now? A lot of different words. Does that make sense? So then in Islam, the relationship to Allah is different than in Christianity, your relationship with Yahweh, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Which is different than, I think you brought it up, Judaism, Old Testament, Yahweh, Father, Yahweh. Does that make sense? Now he's just a dad. But then Jesus shows up and he's our brother friend. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit comes in and like, in us? Like, what? We're sharing an apartment? Ah! See the worldview craziness there? But do you see why the worldview perspective, question number two, who or what is God, philosophy class, really does matter, doesn't it? We tracking enough? Nice job. We Okay. Wow, look what you opened. Nice job. <laughs> oh, wait. You were our first question, weren't you? Yay. You get, you get a life savings. Life, life savings. <laughs> that definitely was bribing. No, it wasn't bribing. All right. It was rewarding. It was a thank you for getting the conversation started. <laughs> All right. How are we doing? Other thoughts? This is an open discussion time. Now, I still have the thing that I want to do, so we can either do that or we can keep going. Other thoughts or questions? Because we got plenty of time. Yes? Yeah. 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 Right? So that would be right, that would be the Neoplatonist saying, Oh my gosh, thank you, Plato. <gasps> Look, 
right? And now that quote, secular philosopher, almost gets it more than we do sometimes, right? And his metaphor helps us see, we, why would I ever go back to the shadows, right? When we see it through Plato's eyes, we're like, yeah, duh, I'm standing out on the roof. Why would I go back to the shadows? Exactly. Paul's like, why would you go back to your sins? Why would you go back to being a slave to sin? Yes. And actually, Hebrews goes even further and says, you, like, you can't go back, does it? You, God's not going to die twice for you, right? Like, yeah? Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to act it out so it's not just up here. It's like, wait, Dominguez's classroom for the rest of my life? I mean, it used to be more comfortable. Maybe you've been in the old ones, right? But like here, I love the plastic chairs and the tables like for another 60 years, and then you just disappear. You don't exist anymore. No, thank you. Like, I want the real thing. Here's the, if you want a takeaway, though, I have a hunch that many of us in the room don't really get the kingdom stuff. Because we're like, oh my gosh, I have to go up to college and try to survive college as a Christian. What? Aren't you thinking like, I can't wait to be a Christian in college. It's going to be the best. I get to do all this great stuff with Jesus all through college, and it's going to be amazing, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> so. If you're not thinking that, what are you thinking? That everybody else who's sinning is having a better time than you? Then you don't get it, do you? Like, see where we're going? If you're not seeing the Christian life with Christ as that, and then everybody else is missing out, you're not getting it. Whenever you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could like, do what all those sinners are doing, you don't get sin, do you? Are we tracking? Like, that's where we're going with this lesson. <laughs> you're never missing out when you're a Christian. Unless your version of Christianity is really lame and boring. <laughs> yeah, chuck that. You had a thought? Um, so I was just wondering, I have like a question and possibly a follow-up, depending on the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was written first? Ephesians or Allegory of the Cave? Allegory of the Cave. It was 400 years earlier. Okay, because... Okay, so then here's my follow-up. I was just thinking because we know Paul was well-educated from his background, so we most likely read it, that given that Ephesians is in Ephesus, and that's right by Greece, which is where Plato was <laughs> he was probably teaching to his audience to some extent. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, and look at the connection. See why I stuck them right next to each other in the book, like Allegory of the Cave Ephesians, because they're what? They're these two ancient texts in that same location. Can we prove that Paul read it? No, but was he definitely influenced at the very least by Roman culture? Yeah, I mean, he, and he's a super educated dude, so very likely, right? I mean, come on, connect the dots. John, wait till we read John chapter 1. Oh, my gosh. Maybe you already did in the guidebook. You're just like, what? <laughs> it's almost like he pirated from Plato. It's like, John, what are you doing? Like, give credit or whatever, like copyright, right? Like, I mean, it's John chapter 1 is allegory of the case if you read it like that, which is why I stuck it in there. We didn't get to it yet. I was kind of waiting, but yeah? Great connection. That's what I want us to do is start connecting these truths so we can hopefully, oh, I almost just said it, shed light. Yeah, that was horrible. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Zoomers. Okay, yeah. Okay, so um, in chapter 
when we, like, in relation to the cave, like, when we step out of the, the cave, we can see the light, and, like, we realize that, like, what we're doing, like, what the cave is not good, like, better. Yeah. See, I think this is what's so intriguing to me. Some of you caught this implicitly. But this is what I want you to catch, is theologically, which is going to happen for some of you today, or already is, like, ah! Right? But in regards to just sin as well, Paul says, I didn't know I was sinning until I was told that this was a sin. But I wasn't told it was a sin until I saw it in the light. And now I know it's a sin. Does that make sense? So I think that's the slavery. If we really want to use the slavery term here, we're a slave to our ignorance of what sin is. And now it's like, oh, yes. When I talk about people and ruin their reputation, it sure is powerful and it sure connects me with people. Yeah, it's called gossip and it destroys community. Oh, we're not supposed to do it? Yeah, no. Uh, like, click, 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 click. Yeah? But drunkenness is so fun. Yeah, but then you run over a six-year-old while you're driving, and that's not fun. Like, drunkenness, you're not in control. Yeah, but it's nice to not be in control. Not when you're an abusive jerk to your spouse. Oh, so drunkenness is a sin. Yeah, so no more drunkenness because it's so destructive. Like, yeah, does that make sense? But see, if you, if you don't have the... Okay, ready? The objective standard. If you don't have the light, what's a sin? Well, nothing, or everything, or anything. There, there's no way to know. Does that mean there's no way to know? So now when we have a kingdom worldview, the, you know, the, the sexual you know, impurity, the coarse jokes, the whole, the foolish talks, the obscene stories, the bad movies, the whatever. We're being told, no, those are the things of the cave. Those are the shadowy things. Let's not do those things. Let's do the things of the light. And if you're like, yeah, but those are so fun. Or that's what we just talked about. You, you, don't, you don't get fun, right? The real, every good and perfect gift is the real stuff. That's what you really want. That's what's really going to be satisfying. No, it's not. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Go live in the cave. Like, you don't have to believe it. You're just missing out on it. We tracking? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're saying our, like, we're in our ignorance of our sin until we see the light. How would you argue for CS versus mere Christianity in a world? Yeah, and that's where we're going. You see why it's in the curriculum. That's why we're going to, that's why we do the four worldviews, and then what's next? <laughs> mere Christianity, book one, first 30 pages. The existence of God without ever talking about the Bible or Jesus. Yep. Romans chapter 1. We are without excuse. Yeah? We'll get there. We'll get there. But the nice connection. Right. But then it's, it's kind of like, but wait, if, if you never knew about the light, then you never know you were in a cave. That's half the point. But there must be enough light creation pours forth speech day after day. <laughs> there must be enough cracks in the cave. Right? Well, and by the way, you're going to be held accountable based off of what you had. Right? So I am judged way... I have a different set of accountability expectations having grown up where I'm growing up. So do you. Sorry. <laughs> than the person who's growing up in the Middle East 
in a Muslim family. They just, it's a different accountability. God's not a jerk, right? But he's going to hold you accountable based off of what you have. Can we trust that? I hope so. Yeah. So when you say hold you accountable based off of what you have, you still have to, you, you still have to believe in Jesus no matter what. Well, what does the Bible say? Yes. What? It says yes, then you do. It does say that anybody who does believe in Jesus will be saved. Yes. Okay. But are you saying other people will be as well? Who's that up to? Is that up to me? Okay, that's up to who? Yeah, now we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there in mere Christianity later. But have you heard about Jesus? So do you have that in your accountability list? Okay. There you go. <laughs> Those who haven't heard about Jesus, he would not be just if he held them accountable for something they didn't have. And is he a just guy? Okay. Paul says it. You're a law unto yourself if you don't have the law. He says it right in Romans. So it's all there. And we'll get there later. But yes, if you've heard of Jesus, what's your accountability check? Right? Now, that's going to be a really big rabbit hole that we have in the curriculum later. We've got to kind of slide back over here. But yeah, you can see where this is all going. Does that make sense? And that's why we have the whole semester. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, so would you say that if you went to a remote island with people who never heard the gospel before and told them the gospel and they, they said no, would you be saying that the hell that they would go to heaven instead if you had heard the gospel there? I wouldn't be saying that, and I wouldn't say that, and I wouldn't say they'd be going to hell. Who decides that? Yeah, so ready? Let's do the chair thing. <laughs> Let's do the chair thing. Does that make sense? And we have to answer that, right? We have to answer that at some level. Here's what I would throw out there is, what if they do a crappy job and they don't really give the gospel? And then the people rejected it. Did they really reject the gospel? Well, then if they did a good job, then, then God will hold them accountable to that, won't they? Won't he, right? Does that make sense? I know so many students at this school who reject crappy Christianity as they should, <laughs> right? Like, there you go. Like, had given them, like, let's say they gave a perfect, perfect Christian, like, example, but if they had never come, would they have gone to heaven? And ready, let's do the chair thing. We gotta do timeout, we gotta do timeout. We gotta do, we gotta do the chair thing and then have that conversation. So can I do the chair thing? Exactly, let's do the chair thing. All right, so ready? This is a conversation piece that I saved for this lesson that's going to precipitate the rest of the semester. And we study Ephesians for all of these reasons, and for cave and light and dark and all these things, but also specifically for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, trust, belief, not by works so that no one can boast. It is a what? Gift. Everybody got that, yes? That is a powerful, powerful verse that we need to kind of process briefly. Since everything is based off of trust and belief, is this a big deal? If we are saved by belief, should we talk about that a little bit? Yes, a few minutes? Let's make sure we do. So let's talk about that. Zoomers at home, I would love for you to play along and stand up or sit down as appropriate. You don't have to and we can't see you, but I would love for you to join the fun. In this book, you don't need to open it. If you have it, you can, um, on page 25. 
All right, so give me about 10 minutes to process this out, and then we're going to do a little activity that's going to help solidify it, okay? On page 25, there's a quote from William Brown right here, and it says, not only is your worldview your view of the world, but it's your view for the world. You may not live what you profess, but you live what you believe. It's inescapable. We're great at professing things, but the way we really demonstrate what's at the root of what we believe. Sorry, the way we live is really demonstrates what's at the root of what we believe, right? Our worldview is not just a mindset, it's a will set. It's what we're choosing. Now, I put that in there for this lesson and also for this whole concept of worldview and trustless. William Brown, Dr. Brown here says, you might say, I believe I should give to the poor. But if you never actually give to the poor, what does he say about that belief? Do you really believe it? No. What you believe is, I shouldn't give to the poor because you're not doing it. Are we tracking? Yes? He, he's going to take that a little further, and I think we should right now. You could say whatever you want, but really what you do reflects what you actually believe. Yes or no? It's okay to say yes, don't worry. Because is that true? Right? If you believe that that was had poison in it, you believed it. Would you sip it and drink it? Not unless you wanted the poison. Does that make sense? So if you believe your food was poisoned, you wouldn't eat it or drink the drink, right? So most of you are drinking because you don't believe that. We live what we believe, yes? So, agreed? Yeah? All right, so if you believe that you should eat healthy food, but then you eat the crappy garbage food, you really don't believe you should eat healthy food, right? So, okay, and you can say, I believe that I shouldn't lie, but then you go over here, you lie. What you're really saying is, I believe I should lie, right? Get some nods, keep going. Any tension about any of that? Zoomers? <laughs> So, that, so we can just basically say then, whatever you do is what you believe. All the time? I got one person shaking her head. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pointing you out. But like, yeah, what's going on? Let's lean into that a little bit. All right, then let's give it up right there. I should throw you a lifesaver, <laughs> right? So can I believe something but not actually do it? Yes or no? Well, you guys just said that you do what you believe. So which one is it? <laughs> you guys are already primed for the paradox, right? So, but thank you for pushing back. You guys don't, you got, sometimes we got to lean into this stuff, right? Like, does anybody ever, like, have two beliefs at the same time that seem opposite? Yeah, the Bible talks about that, <laughs> right? Like, what I want us to catch here is belief is really complex. Faith without works is what? Dead. So do you have to live what you believe? Yes, but you're saved by faith, not your works. So can you separate them? N no, but then that verse is ridiculous. Because if you can't actually separate your works and your faith, then why would you be saved by your faith and not your works? You must be able to separate them, right? Okay, so right now, I just want to leave you with this. Is faith complex? 
Yes or no? <laughs> Trust is complex. Faith is complex. Belief is complex. It's all complex. You can basically, I'm not going to eat the food because it's poisoned, because I believe that. So that's my actions. I can believe I'm supposed to work out and that it will help me and then not do it. Because do we do that sometimes? Yeah. And can I believe that this is good for me and bad for me? And I don't know which one, but I have both those beliefs at the same time. And can you sometimes believe you're supposed to not lie and then not lie? And then sometimes you believe you're supposed to not lie and then you do lie. Yes, 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 yes. This is a really big deal. Yeah. I, oh, I could be like misinterpreting. No, that's why we're talking about. Like, are you saying that like, like I can like believe in some parts of the Bible and like not believe in some parts and still be considered a Christian? Well, let's, let's talk about your question there. Still be saved or still be a Christian? Uh, are they? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so then what does it mean to be a Christian? Does it mean you believe in Jesus, or does it mean you behave like you believe in Jesus? Well, like, what if I only believe in, like, some parts? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, and that's actually part of why we're doing this lesson right now, is that specific question. So let's keep going, and then let's revisit that, okay? You had a thought on that, maybe? Well, yeah, I was just saying that I was reading James yeah, there we the go. Same, at the same time, I was reading Ephesians. There you go. And so because of the conflict, I talked to Musa about it. Musa! Second period. And he said that since faith is the vehicle you need to receive grace, you're not going to act that way unless you believe it. So that's why the action is part of the faith, but it's really grace that saves you. Perfect. That's so, the explanation of the two. Perfect. So everybody stand up in front of your chair. Zoomers, I would love for you to do this. Stand up in, ready in front of your chair. So based off of what you just said, which is really true and really powerful, right? But Ephesians right here says, you're saved by what? Grace through action. No, wait. You're saved by what? Grace through not by action. Have we got that? Yes? You're standing in front of your chair. I'd like you to all stand in front of your chair. And I'm going to use my language very specifically right now. Okay, very specific. Let me get this thing up here. All right. Ready? Who believes that the chair, believes that the chair behind them will hold, don't sit, that the chair behind them will hold them up if they sit? Why don't you raise your hand? Okay, now ready? I want to say it like this. Who believes in your heart that the chair will save you and hold you up? Do you believe in your heart that the chair will hold you up? Yes or no? Come on, yeah? Okay, I love this. I want you to, would you be willing to confess with your mouth that the chair will hold you up? Ready? Let's go for it. I believe, I believe that the chair will hold me up. Ready? Do you have to sit? Do you have the belief? Yes. You didn't have to sit to have the belief. Like exercising my belief. But she would sitting. sit if you didn't tell her not. Not necessarily. That is a, that's why we're doing the lesson right now. That is a logical fallacy. Because if I walk up to you and say, because you're not sitting, you don't believe, I'm wrong. Because do you believe it? Yes. And are you sitting? Yeah. No. So do you have to sit to have that belief? No, but I could to show that I did. You could, but you could but show it. But do you have the belief? Yeah. Well, no, do you have the belief? Yeah. Did you sit? You have to sit to have the belief. No, because we can separate belief and works. That's what Ephesians is saying. You're saved by what? Your belief, not your what? You're sitting. 
that verse would be ridiculous if we couldn't separate them. And can, did you all just separate it? Yes. Yes or no? Well, yeah, belief and faith and trust are all the same thing. Now, you can nuance the word belief into how it's connected to our actions. I agree. We can nuance that. But when it gets right down to it, Ephesians says you're saved by what? Faith, faith not what? Of course, right? So that's, that's what I wanted to get us to, is this point right now in the class. And some of you at Wheaton Academy need this moment, and on Zoom, you need this moment before we move any, forward, any farther in this class. The logical fallacy is when I say, because you're not sitting, you don't believe, because you are believing that you can be saved by the chair without acting upon it. Now, do the actions help? Here's the irony. Could you not believe the chair is going to hold you and actually act and sit? Do you see what's happening right now? I think that's the irony. So ready? When Jesus says, thou shalt not judge, don't judge other people's salvation. He's not being a jerk and he's not saying don't do it because it's bad. He's saying don't do it because you what? Can't. Can I know your heart? No, could you be lying to me saying, oh, yeah, I believe. Could you be lying? Is there any way for me to know your heart? No, that's why salvation is not based off of me. It's based off of what? You and who? God. Period. I, a new command I give you, judge each other's salvation. <laughs> no, a new command I give you, love one another. Everybody got that? This is a big deal. I now, you're going to get a chance to sit here in a second, but just watch, make the connection, please. How many of us in the hallways at Wheaton Academy have said, I wonder if they're a Christian, and you're basing it off of what? Their behavior, right? Done. If you caught today's lesson, ready? Done. Stop. Just stop. Right? <laughs> because it's not based off of their behavior. It's really a big deal. Yeah. But are, isn't part of like Christianity trying to become more like Christ? Uh, it's what, that's what it's all about. But then We're, if I'm like going around judging other people, like Jesus didn't judge other people, so am I really a Christian? I, that's between you and who? See what's going on here? This is why it's personal. I'm not supposed to judge your salvation. I'm supposed to love you. <laughs> Got it? We have been trained to find out who's a Christian or not and if they're going to hell or not. We aren't told to do that. We're told to love and not judge because God's going to judge based off of the heart. And we're not told not to judge because we'll be jerks if we do. We're told not to judge because we can't. Can I know your heart? Can you know someone else's heart? So they're ready. Everybody just stop. <laughs> stop doing it. Please. You don't need to worry about it. Like literally, you don't need to worry about it. Does anybody want to sit? If you want to sit, ready? Do you believe the chair will hold you up? Yes. Cool. Why don't you show me? Thanks, right? Did he have to show me? No, but now do I maybe trust him a little bit more? <gasps> trust, there we go. All right, if you want to sit, you can have a seat, right? Let's chat it up a little bit here. But I want to challenge you. Ready? Let's say Maggie had, do you mind since you were right oh, here? Oh, sure. Do you mind standing back up? Okay. See, we do this at Wheaton Academy. Oh, uh-oh. Is she sitting? She says she believes, but she's not sitting, so she's not what? Christian. Yeah. 
I'm judging her belief based off of her action, which, yes, but what? Careful, be really, really careful, because I don't know your heart. What's a better approach here? I'll help. <laughs> hey, Maggie, do you believe the chair will hold you? Yeah. Okay. Can you help me understand why you're not sitting? Does <laughs> that see the difference? Not you don't believe because you're not sitting. No, it's like, can you help me understand why you say you believe but you're not sitting? Can you help me understand why? Well, the last six chairs I sat on broke. Oh. How about this? Ready? And I can't do it because of COVID. Look, I'm sitting in the chair. It's gonna work. Do you wanna try? Like see the different approach? Way different. You can have a seat, by the way. Thank you. That's good enough for me. All right. Really important to catch that lesson. And then let's actually spend a little more time building off of that lesson. But thoughts or questions or comments? Yeah, so I had like a different way of looking at it. Sure. I think the verse is telling us to look at it almost a different way. Because sure. if you believe, like if you don't believe the chair is going to hold you, you won't sit, right? Like why? Not necessarily. Are there people who could not believe the chair will hold them but still sit in it? Like people do that all the time. But if you don't believe the chair will hold you, there's no like way. You, like in general, you won't want to sit down because you don't think it'll hold you. Yeah. And at the same time, if you do believe it'll hold you and you know it's the better way, you will sit down because you know it's the better way. But if you don't think it's the better way, then it's like you said earlier, you're still in the cave. Are you really out if you don't know it's the better way? And that's all between you and who? Good. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of that. We just try to impose it on other people. When, when we, we, A, shouldn't, B, can't. Like, I can't know what you're thinking with all of that. Even if you tried to verbalize it to me, or if I tried to watch it, I just can't know. Faith, island, trust, list. Right? That's why we're called to love and invite and to demonstrate and be kind and be gracious all along the way because we're all trying to figure out which chairs to sit on and which ones not to. And if you've got the really good one and you're sitting and it works, like, yay, trust, trust, trust. Help people understand the trust, right? But here, let me just help you a little bit. This came up very quickly last class. They're like, ah, to make it. Like, faith without works is dead, right? So faith, faith without sitting is what? Dead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ready? I don't know if we brought it up in this class. Did I already say this? Faith with without works. How many is that? Without means what? Zero. What do we do around here? Faith without 30 works is dead. <laughs> Faith without doing your devos and going to church is dead. Faith without being a good Christian is dead. No, faith what? Without works is dead. So let's inverse that. Faith with one work is? You find the person, find someone and bring it to me who hasn't done anything. <laughs> Zero. Jesus says a cup of cold water. Sweet, you're in. Like, done. I mean, Hitler probably did that for somebody, right? Like, we want to say how many works, hashtag, Pharisee, the verse says faith without works. But around here, we say faith without these works. And faith, if you did these works, cancels these works. This, this, whatever, get rid of it. No, actually, if you really want to play around with this, you're in philosophy class. Could your belief be a work? <laughs> Nobody's laughing. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Choosing to believe could be your work. Nice job. <laughs> so now you don't have to do anything. No? 
Yes. Freedom! Like, come on, freedom! You are free. You're not a. You use the slave thing. You're not slave to that system anymore. It's a whole new system. You're in because you believe. Sweet. Cheers. Ever take a big deep breath? Who is that not good for? All the people who want you to get in by your what? Works. Yeah, they, they didn't like it so much that they killed Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so like when does your work start counting? Like when you accept Christ into your life or like from birth? Because there's like super nice people like one of like your commandments, like love your neighbor, yeah. like, like yourself. So like if I love my neighbor but I don't believe in God, like does that mean that like every nice person is going to heaven? Because I thought that, like you had to like accept him into your life. So is that well, when the works start counting? Well, the works start counting. The works don't count in this system because it's Christ's righteousness, not yours. <laughs> See, that's the whole point. Self-righteous means it's your works, whenever they are, before or after or whatever. It's not your works. It's whose works? Christ. So done. You don't have to worry about working. No more working. You're all done. Ready? I think it was Christmas. Didn't we do Christmas in this class? Ready? Who wants saved? Hold your hands out. What do you say? What do you do? It is a gift of God. What do you do on your birthday? Work really hard to get your birthday gift? Sorry, I hope not. It's your parents, right? Like, <laughs> you get a gift because of what? Because of who you are, not what you did. You've been adopted. God's your dad. Does he want to save you? Yeah, good. Yeah, sweet. Right? I'm just quoting scripture. I just, yeah, that's why we're doing this. All I'm doing is throwing the Bible at you here, right? Yeah. Well, I just, I still can't get over the, it seems like the allegory of the cave, like that reference you're using the faith and the chair one are almost opposites and that to get out, like using the same way, right? If you're out of the cave and you're in the light, you want to stay there because it's better. Yeah. So if you know that the chair is better and you believe it, then why would you not sit? I'm not saying like I'm judging someone. Of course. Innocent. It's just because, does that mean they're out of the cave at all? Because if they see it's the better way, why are they choosing not to? That's still like one of the main points of this whole thing. Let's have that conversation. Let's not judge. Let's do what? Have a loving conversation about that. Does that make sense? And if they're like, but I don't do it, I don't, well then help them and show them and be loving and kind, not judgmental. Does that make sense? I think that's the key. We want to try and figure out who's in or out. A, you can't. B, stop. C, just help them know Jesus better and grow their trust list in Christ and show them, like, this really is better. It works. You know, like, let's find all these other options. But if you're catching today's lesson, it gets rid of the Pharisee, it gets rid of the judgment, and it's got, it shows that God is really cool. <laughs> it's a whole new, oh, I almost just said a whole new world. No. Oh, I just hit my head. All right. No, it's like it's a whole new world view. That's why John the Baptist says, repent, change your mind. It's all, it's, it's all going to be cray cray, right? Because you're going to be saved because God loves you. Not because you were good enough and you did all the sacrifices. Yes? Cool. Thought? No, no. He, God so loved the world. And right, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he loves everybody, and now everybody's sins are in the trash. There you go. Now let's talk. So 
so then it's not, so your analogy is not exactly accurate. Fair enough. They all fall apart. Like you were saying, the cave one, that all falls apart. And actually, Allegory of the Cave is idealism. It's Plato. It's not Paul. So that's why C.S. Lewis writes The Great Divorce. He, he blends the shadow kingdom stuff. It's super fun. So just hang tight there. But yeah, it falls apart, right? The gift and all that stuff falls apart, except for this. Someone brought it up. Free will. If you're not in heaven, why? Your sins are gone. God loves who? Who said it back there? We were talking. God loves who? He adopted who as kids? Only us. Who's his children? Everybody. He loves the world. He adopts everybody as their kid, and all the sins are gone. So if you're not in heaven, why? Yeah, you don't want to be in heaven. Okay, cool. Because love is not rude. He won't force you to go to heaven. And there are a lot of people who don't want to go hang out with God forever. Apparently, or maybe not. Maybe there's less than we think. We've got to just like, get off of everybody's back, you know? Like, <laughs> right? But if you don't want to come to the birthday party, I can't force you to go. That's just weird. It's not nice. God's nice, right? Yeah? That's the whole snake on a pole, right? Lowly worm on a pole. Huh? Ready? You're all dying of snakes. Come on, ready? Die of snakes. Go on, die of snakes. Ready? Go. <laughs> wait, wait, quick. Ready? And then now you're what? All you had to do was what? There we go. How hard was that? That's John 3.14 or whatever. You're like, you guys, it's Jesus. You're like, probably like, whoa, 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 back off of Dominguez. Who said it? Not me. Who? Jesus. Then, then Paul tried to, like, make it clear for everybody. Ooh, lowly. Easy there, buddy. Right, snake on a pole. You had your hand up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, man, I don't even remember what happened. It was if who's in hell? Why would anybody go to hell? Yeah. Oh, there's, like, people who will be, like, there is heaven and hell, but it's not necessarily, like, like a Christian mindset of that. So then how does that work if they're, like, I want to go to heaven, duh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like, good or bad? Yeah. You see why we're in worldview class. Does that make sense? Like, that's what we're doing. We're talking about all these different perspectives of God and heaven and hell and whatever and how the perspectives work. And it's a good thing that we've got the exact right one because that means we're going to heaven, right? Sorry. <laughs> They're not supposed to use sarcasm, and I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> like, FYI, everybody at Wheaton Academy, we're the ones who've got it all right? <laughs> Sorry. No offense, but let me rip that Band-Aid off, right? Like... But everybody else has got it wrong. <laughs> Faith Island. Got it? We're all trying to figure this out. And yes, I trust that the Bible is giving us a really good picture of this. And should we share a really good, clear picture? Go be a missionary and share the good one, right? And that's all, it's all good. But just be careful thinking, like, we've got it, and those poor people on the island don't, right? Like, let's, let's, let's sail our boats across the ocean and destroy the natives who believe in a creator God and the great spirit? What kind of idiots were we? Like, what were we thinking? You know, like, duh. Yeah. Like, that one it wasn't even hard to navigate. 
yet we're like, oh no, we've got it, they don't. When, what? Like, come on. We could have a conversation there about at least our theism and Holy Spirit connection, you know, right? There are natives who are pantheists and monists. There's a whole bunch of natives who are theists who believe in the great creator. <laughs> like, hello, what are we thinking? Anyway, sorry. A couple more thoughts and then we are going to make a transition. So one, two, tra three, then transition. Yeah. So you were saying that anyone can like go to heaven because like oh well, like since God took away all our sins we can go to heaven if we just want to go. So is it, does the same go for like so if like you get like sent to hell like can you just be like oh like now I don't want to be in heaven and like you can just make the switch? Well, someone wrote a book about that, <laughs> asking that question. Cool question. Do we have any knowledge of what happens after? Does well, he get if, like the same rules apply then? We have what we were given for our journey right here, right now. And let's just kind of, no offense here, but let's like stay here. <laughs> that makes sense? It'd be fun to figure out later. It's a great conversation. It really is. Kind of cool to speculate. We can write poems and stories about it, make a movie or two about it. But do we really know? I mean, we hardly know what's going on here. <laughs> like, let's just at least figure this out first. Is that fair? I'm not writing it off. And I would love to have that conversation. It's fun. I have it a lot. Well, not a lot, but I have it more than you might think, but not, not right here, right now. That's, that's over there. Is that fair? But fun. But fun. Yes. Well, I just wanted to like challenge your idea of what you've referenced a few times and what you said a, a lot more earlier about, you said something like how a just God wouldn't let someone who like didn't have the opportunity to know Jesus yeah. Yeah, yeah. go to heaven. But I want to challenge that and say that he, like that. I think that that's false personally just okay. from what I've read in the Bible Great. because yeah. if my perspective like from what I've read is that a just God we should all be going to hell despite it's that Jesus totally. is mercy that brings us to heaven not the justice the justice is what means we should all be going to hell so if God is just people nobody should be going to heaven it's the mercy that gets it so I really don't like I disagree with you on that that there are no, that's fine. I'm, I appreciate you saying that because I'm not actually sure we do disagree with each other. We can talk about it maybe more later, but I agree. Like, I agree with what you're saying. I don't see how that's antithetical to what I was saying before. He's, he's just, so he won't hold you accountable for what you don't have, right? So does everybody have the capacity to know that they're sinners? Yes or no? Everybody who can think rationally has the capacity to know that they're sinners and so they know this is I mean, we're getting there this is mere christianity book one all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god so there's a god who's perfect i'm not i should beware done so that we we just did that in like 30 seconds <laughs> i never mentioned scripture at all does that, does that make sense like so yes Human beings can all know that they're sinners. Therefore, if there's a perfect God and I am a sinner, where should I be? Where am I? Separated from that God. Got it? So, yeah. So, in his justice, we should all be aware of that. And if you know that you're a sinner and you know that there's a perfect God, what should you do? That's where we are. That's why I don't think we disagree. That makes sense. But I see what you're saying is his justice does send us there. His justice is why we're here. His justice helps us understand that we're not perfect, right? Paul says in Romans 1 that the people who don't believe in sin, which is actually Orthodoxy chapter 2, Chesterton, 
you've had to like sear your conscience. You've had to choose to not believe in sin. There it is. Check. You just made the choice. That makes sense. So yeah, there. If you can choose and you are aware, will God in His justice hold you accountable for what you had available? Yes. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Well, we're we're going there, but we, I actually don't think we do disagree. But I, I, I like what you're saying about the justice and the mercy. We should all be out. Yeah. So we're all out. But what did Jesus do with all the sins that caused us to be all out? He reversed the curse. And now we're all back in. But is he going to make you stay in? Well, Not if you have to find him first. Well, he already found Jesus. who, though? You have to find him first? He well, already well, did what? He <laughs> regardless, you have to believe in him. That's what I'm saying. You have yes. to choose to accept the fact that he already found you and saved you. Yes. Because you don't have to find him. He already found you, right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah good. Okay. We good? Yes. Okay, so I don't really know if I'm missing the entire point of no your analogy, but if you're saying that someone's behavior doesn't dictate their belief and you can never truly know like someone's like real belief like at their heart, then how would you define hypocrisy? That's a great point. But hypocrisy would be this is why people hate hypocrites. I and mean, you were the one standing. You say you believe the chair will hold you. How come you're not sitting? That's hypocritical. Jesus is the one who coined the word. Isn't that interesting? We get the word from Jesus, and he used the mask on the Roman stages and created the word hypocrite. Because <laughs> he's saying you're all pretending to be something that you're not. Whoa. Yeah? Does that help? Well, Well, hypocrisy is by definition what Jesus says it is. When you say you believe something, but you don't act on it. That's hypocrisy. It's frustrating. It's overwhelming. Jesus condemns it. So should you act? Should you sit? Yes. So I should be frustrated with the hypocrites as well, but do I need to condemn them? That's the key. That's the lesson. That's what we're talking about. Is we go around condemning everybody to hell, potentially, based off of their behavior, which is hypocritical, right? But can you just call them out? Well, in a loving... See, that's what what I'm trying to get at. In the loving way, Jesus calls people out, doesn't he? Go and sin no more and stop doing your stuff. He calls them out, but he does it in a loving, not judgmental way. What I'm trying to say is, A, we're told not to judge, because we can't, and B... It doesn't work. And C, we're told to love, right? That's what part of today's lesson is. The subtext of the lesson, which kind of got moved to the forefront, is that I think a lot of us around here need, need someone to pull the Band-Aid off the fact that we've got to stop judging. It's toxic. It's abusive. It doesn't work. It's a lie. All those types of things. Does that make sense? We just got to stop. Because we can separate works and faith. Because we can do that, then Ephesians can work. But we're spending so much time today, if you haven't caught it, we're spending so much time today because A, it's based off of faith. B, this is not, Buddhism is next. This is not Buddhism. Does that make sense? 
We're separating those out. If you want a works-based religion, are they available? Yeah. That's not the gospel. That's one of the main keys here. Now, can we judge each other's actions in a loving way? We should be encouraging each other. Spur one another on to good deeds. Like, all that's there, right? But don't say, spur one another on to good deeds, because if you don't do good deeds, you're going to burn in hell. Like, <laughs> no, that's what needs to stop. Yeah? All right. Nice work. Woo. It's been a doozy. I got like, we got like 15, 10 to 15 minutes left, and there's no way I should add to this, but I'd hate to miss the opportunity, right? So let's go here. We've already gone here, but let's, after the last hour that we just did, let's really land on it, right? Let's really land on it. So now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So when you head off to college, can you sin? And I'll still see you in heaven. I got a few nods, which means you were paying attention for the last hour, or at least you get it. Yeah, you can sin. Hey, by the way, you probably will, as so will I. We will sin. We're not sinners. You're a new creation in Christ. But I'm a saint who sins. Okay. Well, here's the scoop. Some of us, Paul, the reason why it's okay to go here, Paul goes here. He's like, wait a second. That means I can sin. So if I sin more, then grace abounds more. And he's like, hell no. It's actually what he says. Like, no, don't do that. Don't use that incredible freedom to just get away with all your sin, except for the fact that you what? You, you can, right? So then why not? Why not sin all your way through college? Since you can. I think for you guys, that's why I want to connect the dots. Because you know the better way. You not only know it, it really what? It is better. So why did Jesus not sin? What? Exactly. So see how we can connect all those dots now. So if you really understand the grace, and you really understand the worldview here, it's not like, oh man, they get to go to a drunken orgy party, and I'm a Christian, so I can. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, like, no. They're missing out on the purity and the life that you're living as a follower of Christ, right? See, I think that's the, that, you guys, that's where the real freedom comes. Is now you're not, you're choosing not to sin, not because I'm not allowed to sin. Look what your motivation is now. You, you ready? You are allowed to sin. <laughs> Why would you choose not to since you're allowed to? Because sin sucks. <laughs> sin brings death. Sin ruins your life. Sin ruins your relationship. Jesus didn't sin because he knew the better way because it was better. Why would he choose to sin? Like, I'm going to do this because it's so much better. Do you, did you see now why we wanted to push the grace as far as we did? When you take grace all the way there and now your salvation's not dependent on sinning or not sinning, your motivation is allowed to change, isn't it? Now you're going to choose not to sin, not because you're not allowed to, but because you don't want to. Got it? Are we tracking? That's cool sauce right there. Like That to me, that I like. I like a God who sets it up like that. Because you know what? If you want, you can talk to the dead and he'll give you half the inheritance and you can go blow it on whatever you want to. Go ahead. Is he afraid of you going out there and trying out all the other stuff? 
No, because he knows what? That what he's got is what? The best. And if you want to go try it all out, he'll still love you. He'll be waiting. You're still his kid. You're good. Why not just what? Stay here and hang out with dad and enjoy it. Why is the other dude in the picture? What's the older son doing? Oh, I have to stay with dad, and I wish I could be over there, and I don't even get a goat. Like, don't be that Christian either. I have to be a Christian, I'm working all the time. <laughs> You're like, no, he's like, get to know, here we go, really want to connect it back, get to know God as your friend, <laughs> and have a ball together. How's that sound? Yeah? He's got the best life possible for you. Woohoo! Now, if you don't want to believe that, you don't have to, and that's the whole worldview thing, but that's why we're here. That's what we're doing, right? Thoughts, questions, comments on that? Did that click for some of us to go all the way full circle there? Like, why would we spend an hour at the end of a block day on this? Well, <laughs> I think this is one of the keys to the... See, ready? We're not talking about what Christians believe in this class. I mean, we are. But really, what did we just unpack? Not what they believe, but what? Why? Why does God save us by grace? Why would you choose this? Right, does that make sense? We're getting behind all of that. Really cool. We'll do it more later. This was a lot of talking. It's been a long day. Other thoughts or comments? Okay. I think rather than just like plowing through some of this, let's just do a thought or two here. Ephesians, right? Chapter 1. I mean, it's just insane. Verse 18, top of page 39. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that has given us those he called, his holy people who are his rich, glorious inheritance. And then it talks about how like we have been transported from the kingdom of darkness. To, like when now? Not just later when you die, when? Right now. We're, we're his adopted kids, right? We did this with my own children. We went through Ephesians, and we made a nice big list of all the I am statements. I am in Christ. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is insanity. <laughs> if we really believe this, what would it do for us, right? I want, like, to look at the end of, I mean, just chapter 3 is just pure glory. But he wants to do more than we could ask or imagine. Do we really believe in that God, right? And then we've got the armor of God so that we can, you know, wake up, oh, sleepers. Let's wake up. Like, wow, we've been sleeping. Let's wake up and put on the armor so that we can navigate this really dark, hard world, but do that with victory and hope and love, right? Hmm. All right. I'm going to do this. I, I hardly ever do this, but I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray to wrap up class. I pray at the beginning, sometimes at the end. But I want to pray. Right? I'm just getting a nudge to pray, and then we'll just call it a day. All right? Pray with me if you would. Jesus, I thank you for today. Thank you for this class and just a safe place to push back, to stretch ourselves, to lean into Scripture, to get to hopefully to get to know you better, not just about you, but to know you to get to a place where we're hugging you like Mary Magdalene. And I uh, thank you that 
we have this opportunity. I pray that, honestly, I want to pray that my words fall away. That, that what I've said, that Mr. D would not be part of today as we leave, but that an encounter with you, an encounter with your word, an encounter with your truth that brings freedom and hope and joy, even inspiration for some of us, that that would be what remains. I also pray for some of us who have some holy dissonance right now, that we're wrestling because we believed or seen things a certain way, and we're being invited and maybe challenged or stretched to, to open that up or to, to change some of what we're thinking. Give us courage and help us to trust, not again, not me, but trust your word, to trust you, and to trust how it makes so much sense, how it's so good and hopeful and joyful. So I just pray a blessing over these students and even anybody who's listening, the Zoomers, but anybody who listens to maybe even this later or another time that you would bless us with the freedom and hope that comes from understanding you and your grace and your love for us. Pray all this. Oh, I do pray that you would do more than we could ask or imagine in our lives. Pray this in your name, Jesus, and in the power of your spirit. Amen. Woo! We're going to be done today. Nice job. Remember, we're not done with this, right? We're just going to keep going and keep going. I'm going to assign the next couple chapters in here just to get us into part two, okay? So that'll be for next week. And uh, tomorrow is technically, all right, Chesterton, it's Philip Yancey's Prophet of Mirth. Some really fun quotes to talk about in there, all right? Great job today. You guys are awesome.